time for Dave and Darren's top five things on NachoRadio.com and DaveAndDarren.com. My name is Dave, and this is my partner, Darren. Hello, Darren. Hello. How are you? I'm good, buddy. You sound great. Thank you. Uh, the show sounds a little different, and we'll explain why uh, on today on the podcast. But first, uh, why don't we just get into the podcast? And Darren, why don't you tell us uh, who's making it possible? It is brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois, Tech Drive in Milan. Also, they've got a location in Galesburg, West Main Street. Milan, they're open every day. Galesburg is open weekdays and Saturdays. The Milan store offers both medicinal and recreational. Galesburg is recreational only, and the recreational waiting list, those are available. You can reserve your time if you go to the website. That would be ntillinois.com. Number one. 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 Number one. Hello. A little quick on the trigger there. <laughs> number one. Let's do number one. Number one. 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 Number one. Darren, do you have any relatives in O'Fallon, Missouri that you're aware of? O'Fallon, Missouri. O'Fallon, Missouri. No, not to my knowledge. Because there's a guy in the news that is doing the most Pitra-esque thing I've ever heard of. Uh, and, and by Pitra-esque... I should be. I you should mean be, me? I mean you. Yeah. yeah me. I wouldn't yeah. accuse anyone yeah. else no, in your yeah, family. Don't of pin this it on anybody Darren. else. Now, this is a very Darren Pitra specific activity. Uh, Bryant Hoban is this guy's name. When he heard that Taco Bell was going to discontinue the spicy potato soft taco from Taco Bell. Uh huh. He went on a spending spree, huh? Not really. Uh, not a no? spending spree. No. I, again, I, I I told you this was a very Darren Pitcher like thing to do. So spending spree. Stop yourself. Well, that's true. That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> he hears that they're discontinuing the spicy potato soft taco. I have to uh, confess, I don't remember that ever being on the menu. But I guess yeah, I, I, I don't I don't go I to Taco Bell that, that often. But spicy potato. So. Was that in lieu of meat, or was yes. it on... Yeah, that was would have been one of their vegetarian offerings. Oh, gross. Well... <laughs> I don't fucking gross. Just, it's just, I don't, it's not for me. They, they discontinued the spicy potato soft taco, and this guy purchases three of the specialty taco. Uh-huh. He then immediately takes them home to his freezer. Yeah. And he's been keeping them on ice this entire time. Yeah. And now, one of these days. now he's listing them, trying to sell them on Facebook Marketplace. $200 he wants. Oh, boy. For three mint condition potato soft tacos from Taco Bell. It says here they went straight from the drive thru to the freezer. These babies are rare, never been eaten, it says. Well, that goes without saying. Hoban hopes that the, this will be a new business model, profiting off of old frozen food, uh, and he would like the, the $200 tacos to move so that he can grow his empire. He says here, quote, I've had this idea of investment sandwiches, where, like, you'd buy a limited offer sandwich in bulk, freeze it, and then sell it later for a profit. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know if that's an empire. He says his next plan <laughs> is to move on to the McRib sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you froze a McRib sandwich, and you walked around eating it for spite. 
This cat's doing it for profit. I wish I would have frozen some of those Enchiritos. I kick myself for that. He says that the soft taco market is the, soft. It, 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 well, you would think that, uh, but he was not able to sell the full set for $200. No, what did he get? He sold two individual tacos uh-huh. for 70 bucks a piece. Huh. That's, I mean, the margins on that? Uh, sure. He's doing okay. So he made 140 bucks and still has a frozen taco in his freezer. Well, and if you're going to act on those tacos, now is the time to act. Because uh, if it's in there for too long, you're really going to taste the savings. This is a soft tortilla filled with deep fried potato bits, shredded lettuce, shredded cheese, and a spicy sauce. Gross. That is gross. There's no meat on the taco? What are you doing here? This is, this is a waste of everyone's time. But yeah, he's listed these discontinued Taco Bell tacos. And again, he's, he's trying to build an empire. Investment sandwiches, he says. And you're still saying that the McGrib is coming at the end of the month. Well, that's what our sources are telling us. Mm-hmm. So then, I mean, if, would, would you pay? I'm obviously, No. <laughs> you didn't even let me finish the question. No. No. So they got rid of this potato back in July. It hasn't been in the freezer that long. They got rid of the grilled steak, soft taco, the loaded grillers, the seven-layer burrito, the quesarito, the beefy Fritos burrito, the spicy tostada. I mean, they got rid of a ton of things. And this guy decided the potatoes were the one that, that he wanted to, to try and save. Quote, you know, like the McRib, McDonald's only offers it once a year, but the demand doesn't go away. So when I heard Taco Bell was discontinuing the potato soft, I decided it'd be a good opportunity to test this idea out before McRib season. <laughs> so he's got proof of concept here. Uh-huh. He's got investment. visions of grandeur. Mm-hmm. He says, I sold them for $70 a piece, two of the three tacos, and quote, I recouped my investment. Well, yeah, clearly. He's having second thoughts now about selling that third leftover taco. He says when he purchased the tacos, he ordered a few for himself to freeze and eat as well. And he he has since consumed those. And as it happens, the potato soft taco was his favorite item on the menu. And now he says, since I may be in possession of the last one in the world. (laughs) I'm just floating that out. (laughs) I'm hoping I can find a way to replicate it. Quote, once I got down to the last one, I realized that we need to preserve this for future generations to experience (laughs) this delicious being. So I'm holding on to it right now, and Uh I'm hoping someone comes along and wants to maybe help me with preserving this, conserving the potato soft. He is open to the idea of donating the potato soft to science. Although he also concedes, quote, everything has its price. <laughs> right. It's, it's not like museums don't have money. He says he's actually more interested in conservation than compensation. Quote, I mean, if you had the last panda, you wouldn't sell that on Facebook, right? Comparing the last potato soft taco to the last panda. Is he planning on getting his hands on the last panda? Maybe a trade could be worked out. 
What do you think the chances are we're going to get a week 18 for the NFL season? Well, they're kicking around that idea. They are. Aren't they? They are. They're saying if if any more of these delays happen because of COVID-19, they will be adding a week to the schedule. Yeah, that you're going to need a makeup week. Just a week for everyone to make up all of their games. uh, Adding a week 18, maybe even a week 19 to the regular season, depending on on how things go. One thing that they're also discussing in their first virtual owner meetings is maybe just locking things down and having a bubble like the NBA did. Uh, But that's, they say, not really as feasible. No, not until you would probably get to the playoffs. Right. Maybe when you get to the playoffs, that's something you can do. Alan Sills is the chief medical doctor for the National Football League. He says there's two reasons why a regular season bubble isn't going to work. One, uh, the risk of infection still remains with service workers coming and going. Uh, Second, there would be the mental and emotional toll of being in a bubble for months. Thousands of players and staffers being away from their families for the holidays, that especially could be rough. It's one thing to go in a bubble in the NBA, and it's like, okay, there goes your summer. But uh, to not be there for Thanksgiving or Christmas for your family, again, that would be pretty rough, they wager. NBA tested 350 players daily. The NFL is testing 2,800 players daily. Yeah, yeah, you just have so many more people involved. Well, and then you get staffers involved for all 32 teams. Uh, There's another 5,000 that are getting tested. So it's not as easy for the NFL as it would be the NBA. Uh, I got I got my uh, uh, first ever COVID test yesterday, and uh, I'll say this: uh, they got in there real good. Jam <laughs> that swab in there, and now I, I can't remember how to play piano anymore, Darren. Uh huh. Bit of a brain biopsy, huh? The guy says to me, "All right, you 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 pull up. I did the one at North Park Mall. You pull up, and uh, they have like national guardsmen there. They tell you to keep your windows, you know, rolled up, and you have a a code on your phone and all of this. I I roll into the tent, and then they tell me I can unroll my my window, but keep your mask on your face, right?" And then they, uh, the, the fella says to me, he says, uh, any tears today? And I, I didn't know what the, what the hell that meant. What are you doing? I go, what? He goes, have you been crying any tears today? And I go, no. And he hands me a Kleenex and he goes, well, you're gonna. That's how it <laughs> starts. That's how no. my COVID test starts. I just... That's a weird thing to say at the beginning of a test, right? Like, Yeah, I'm I don't gonna, know that you need to be doing shtick. I'm going to make you cry. What do you think of that? Like, okay. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to be going into my uh, back of my head, I imagine that'll, that'll, that'll provoke some tears. But No, I'm going to make you cry, little girl. What do you think of that? I'm the god in this tent. I'm the god! Okay. So then he jams the first one in there. And this is the thing, too. My my wife uh, is a high school teacher. She had one a couple of weeks ago, and uh-huh. she told me it's nothing. It's not yeah. a big deal at all. Now this is yeah. a woman that I have. You have to kind of when it's time for the flu shot every year. You got to yeah. hold her hand. You got to promise her ice cream. So when she really? says, "Oh yeah, oh not doesn't too, care for shots," she huh? my wife is great at a billion things. Right, taking shots is not one of them. And spiders. 
Spiders is number two. That's the end of that. That's the entire list of things my wife sucks at. Taking a shot and uh, and and dealing with spiders. So uh, so she says it was nothing. It was no big deal. So I'm thinking, okay, no big deal. Oh, that yeah. woman lies. They, they jam. <laughs> they jam this. That, swamp. That, that woman is a liar. That woman is a liar. They jam that thing so far in the back of my brain, and then. He starts counting as he flicks it with his finger. He's like, one, two, three. And they yank it out. He's like, and then he says, this is part of his shtick, too. He goes, because I'm like, oh, wow, that was something else. I'm like, I need a second here. And he says, uh, part of his shtick, he goes, yeah, the test is so nice. We do it twice. Here we go again. Okay, go ahead and do the second one. Do the the other nostril. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, I'm, 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 I'm now. I'm waiting for an email to let me know uh, what they found in the back of my skull. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, why did you? Why did you lie to me? She gets. She gets home yesterday, Darren. I go. You and I have a very different definition of the word <laughs> nothing. She's like, what are you talking? Uh, I go. That was not nothing what that man did to my nose. That was not nothing. She's like, well, oh, it was no big uh, deal. I'm like, mm, I respectfully disagree. Maybe she's made of tougher stuff than I am. I, well, I, I, I can tell you that's the fact. But Well, maybe she got someone who wasn't quite so sadistic. Right. I got the Marquis de Sade doing my uh, COVID test. Uh-huh. You just, uh, yeah, you didn't luck out. I know a lot of you have, have, have texted in and, and want to know, because uh, Darren is, isn't here, if that's why it sounds different. Everything's fine. We're yeah, both, no, everything's fine. We're both fine. We're just doing some common sense stuff until we know for a fact that everything's fine. So I imagine, Darren, you'll be back in the studio as soon as possible. But as soon that as would we, be my that would be my guess. Because right now we are 99.9% sure that everything's fine. But why why mess around? Why Why screw around? So. Uh, once we know everything's copacetic, because uh, you 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 had one too, right? Can you mind me sharing that? Should I not? Yes, share I that? had I had one as well. Right. I didn't have, I didn't have anybody doing shtick. Now this guy, it was a whole little patter that he had. You know, it's like when you see a magic show and you know the patter, like the magician isn't coming up with that off the top of his head. Like that's part of his little routine. That was this guy's routine. Any tears today? Any tears today? What? What are you talking about? You're gonna. Here's a Kleenex. You're gonna be crying, little girl. Like what? He didn't call me little girl, but that was in parentheses. Like that was something that he was absolutely thinking. It was implied. Anyway, it was fine. Once it was over, it was over. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't the end of the world, but uh, it was not nothing. It was absolutely not nothing. It. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You didn't have uh, you didn't have Shecky Green doing your swap no, test like I no I no I didn't I lucked out yeah, well there it is as as usual I get the shaft <laughs> as per usual Dave gets the shaft jammed right know, into his just, nasal they, cavity and the thing is they did actually see you coming <laughs> right right here, here he is here he comes. I uh, I needed a second to collect myself after it was done. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like I, I had to pull off the side and there was a there was like a Iowa State trooper monitoring the testing site. And I kind of pulled along the side and I was just like, what the hell just happened to me? 
Did you go get yourself a treat afterwards? No, I, 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 uh, I no. I a, a a lollipop? No, because I, I I don't want to I don't want to deal with people. I just no, to, I understand. I, get I just it. wanted to go home and just you know, no retire to the safety of my garage for a couple of afternoon pops. Uh huh. That was my treat. I mean, I I treated myself, but it wasn't a new treat. It was a you know a treat that's been in yeah. the fridge for a while. Three. 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 Two studies I wanted to share with you that I am fascinated by. Uh, one is we're not done evolving, and we're evolving perhaps at a faster rate than you might imagine we are. There is a an artery that runs down the center of your forearm while you're still in the womb, all right? So when you were, uh, when you were a fetus, oh, I want to be a fetus with a forearm. Uh, the, there's this artery that, that runs down the center of your forearm, and then uh-huh. it, it disappears, right? Huh. It's important for it to be there while you're in utero, but then yeah. it, it goes away, uh, or at least it used to, and now it's not. An extra blood vessel in our arms, and they're saying that this is going to be commonplace in just a few generations. Researchers from Flinders University and the University of Adelaide in Australia notice that this this artery that temporarily runs down the center of our forearms where we're still in the womb, it's not vanishing as often as it used to. That means there are more adults than ever running around with what works out to be an extra channel of vascular tissue flowing under their wrist. Since the 18th century, they've been studying the prevalence of this artery in adults. And when they look at the data, it shows it's clearly increasing. More and more of us have this artery still in it in our, our forearms. Usually at around eight weeks, this thing regresses. But for some of us, it's, it's sticking around and for more and more of us. Sometimes we're born with it still pumping away and then it just kind of goes away on its own. But it's not. It's now, where did you on. go to school? Uh, you're a Flinders man, aren't you? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I <laughs> Go Flinders. Go Flinders. Booyah, 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 booyah. Why is this thing uh, sticking around? If you have one, it puts you at a greater risk for carpal tunnel syndrome, by the way. Hmm. So, I mean, at a time when we're using our wrists and typing more information, it's not a good thing. But we'll be seeing more and more of these, and they say if the trend continues by the year 2100, the majority of people will have this median artery of the forearm. It's nuts. There's also a study that suggests uh, they they sat down and did the, uh, the hard work of disproving something that you may have heard, and it's this. If you're in a long-term relationship with somebody. Yes. At some point, the two of you start to look like each other. <laughs> right. Well, a team at Stanford. Well, that's just, that's just a matter of people being turning into old people. The idea that two people in a long relationship begin to look like one another, that's been around for a while. Yes. But this research suggests there's absolutely nothing to that. Right. Team at Stanford used photos of 517 couples in their study. Uh, this is uh, according to scientific reports, and uh, yes, we we do subscribe. They compared images from when the couples first got together, yeah, 
with those from much later on, between 20 uh, and uh, how many years would you guess? If you had to guess, uh, the, the time range is between 20 and how many years? Ooh, maybe 69. How about that? Unbelievable. How are you able to do it every time? 69, dudes! Yeah, between 20 and 69 years is the time frame they use. Yeah, but the fact the fact that when you met, you were young people, and now you've both grown, your hair has turned white, you've put on weight, mm, and, you, like each other. and you've shrunk. <laughs> they had volunteers assess the photos, as well as facial recognition software, and the result is zero evidence that the couples changed to resemble each other. There was a widely cited study from the 80s that said that that was the case. There was, there was a study that, that you said, start morphing into someone. Yeah, that you start to kind of look more and more like your partner. And over the years, psychologists have backed up the assertion, arguing everything from a shared diet to the amount of time that you spend outdoors together are factors. Shared, shared diet. That's what they said. But the, the, the people at Stanford are saying this needs to be updated. The field is filled with concepts and theories that are reclaimed, overhyped, or not validated properly. And this idea that you start to look like your partner is utter nonsense. They were trying to say that you spend this similar amount of time outside as that person? That was what they were saying in the 80s. Okay. You have the same amount of sun damage because you're always outside with your partner at the same exact time. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Now, there is this. One one conclusion that is drawn from this is, is and I think this makes the most sense, people tend to choose partners that look an awful lot like they do. Oh, I don't know. That's what they say. That people tend to choose partners who look like them. That if you if you look at couples that look similar, that was a decision that they made on their own. And maybe that's uh, you know, I just I just want to find a pretty girl who looks pretty like me. I want to find someone who looks <laughs> looks like I do. Maybe there's a narcissistic tendency there. You want to see yourself in the face of your lover. Maybe. I don't know. But the idea that you you morph into your partner, Darren. Yeah, no, that was the last thing I was looking for. <laughs> Science disproves it. Four. 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 The record for the 100-meter dash. Uh, that is yeah. still held by Usain Bolt, right? The men's 100-meter world record holder, Usain Bolt, a time that was set back in 2009, 9.58 seconds. 100 meters in 9.58 seconds. The record for women, by the way, is still held by Flojo. Florence Griffin Joyner, uh, she set the record back in 1988. 10.49 seconds for Flojo. No one's been quicker. No, no. Usain Bolt's is the world record holder for men, and uh, the late Flojo's gone, right? We lost Flojo. Yes. Uh, the late great uh, Florence Griffin Joyner uh, still holds the record from 1988. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a a new 100 meter world record holder to talk about this morning, Darren. Yeah, and it's a Idaho college student who did 100 meters in 10.4 seconds. Uh-huh. Uh, and the reason he's in the Guinness Book of World Records and the reason he's in the news this morning is he did this on a homemade slip and slide. 
<laughs> Jeff Roper. I tell you what, those things can beat you up. Well, yeah. They really can. 100 meters yeah. in 10.4 seconds. The, slip and slides are made for children because children can kind of, you know, bounce back from things. No, like the, the idea, anyone of a certain age getting on a slip and slide yeah. is a really bad idea. It's not the best. Jeff Roper is a mechanical engineering major at Brigham Young University in Idaho. And he used dirt trenches, painter's tarps, and a garden hose to create this long slip and slide course near his grandparents' house. Mm -hmm. Witnesses, including the Bonneville County Sheriff's Office. What's his name again? Jeff Roper. And he did this at his grandparents' house. Yes. Yeah. Jeff, what are you doing out there? (laughs) Buddy, <laughs> nothing, Grandma. He was he, he he had the sheriff's office deputies on hand to watch as he reached a top speed of thirty-two miles per hour. Yeah, I need some witnesses. He did the hundred meters, which is three hundred and twenty-eight feet in ten point four seconds. He has submitted his evidence for the attempt to the Guinness Book of World Records. And they say that he should hear by late January whether or not this feat has been accepted for the fastest 100 meters ever done on a slip and slide. I just tend to think that this record is not going to last very long. You think that now that this is something that we know about? Something that we know about. uh, It could be uh, bigger individuals, more more cannonball-sized people. Well, yeah, he's he's just a college kid. Yeah, he's just a college right. kid. I'm talking about you know some some champ who is as wide as he is tall. Yeah, but then you have to deal with the fact that getting that much mass moving is problematic. There's probably a perfect size and and volume for a slip and slide individual if you're going to try and break this record. If you're some four spin mambo. Like, right, I understand. Like after a hundred meters, your speed would be pretty great. You'd reach some sort of terminal velocity, but I just don't know. You might do it in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the uh, the local news covering this young man's uh, With story. With warm weather coming to an end, all that's left of summer are the memories and the fun outdoor videos on your phone. Jeff Roper introduces us to a Rexburg student who took his summer fun to world record levels at 32 miles per hour. <laughs> so he he goes down this hill and he's built this like pool like a splash pool at the end yeah and when this kid hits the splash pool it looks like it hurts and then he gets jettisoned out of the splash pool onto the cold hard ground so well yeah but he pool, knew that the splash pool is there to kind of stop him but also, I mean, he just slides right out. He was sliding, Darren. He was. He's delicious. <laughs> He's gonna take me today to get a new toilet seat because mine got broken. I was sliding. Sliding. Yeah, he was sliding all right. I mean, I mean, a video of this kid. This this looks violent. This does not look like it would be summertime fun. I just still have this vision of some bigger person, mm-hmm. some some bigger, maybe older person, who is capable of doing it in more of a Christmas vacation way, like when Chevy Chase gets on the uh, on the sled. Here's what you do. You, you remember the Guinness Book of World Records when we were kids? 
get the two fatso identical twin brothers on this thing. Remember that on the, ride, on the, on the, the ride the motorcycle? Yes. Get them on it. They can't be they can't be alive anymore, right? No, no, no. <laughs> Creativity comes easy to BYU Idaho mechanical engineering major Joel Dustin. His backyard water park south of Ammon took him and his friends on a crazy ride this summer and a world record attempt. Joel and his friends dug up and laid out a homemade slip and slide over two months time in the foothills near his grandparents' home. And this is his attempt at a world record. This reporter sounds like he should be doing commercial voiceovers for for schmuckers. They're trying to say that that this was taking place at his house, well, but then they're trying to say that it was by his grandparents' home. Yeah. Which is which is it? Documented by the Bonneville County Sheriff's Department last weekend. He's hoping this will be a first. The fastest man on a slip and slide for 100 meters. They're gonna try and put it in the Guinness Book of World Records. Joe clocked out at 10.4 seconds on that two-foot trench of dirt, painter's tarps, and a good old-fashioned garden hose to keep things slippery. So it's super cool we got the application in. Uh, To be honest, we weren't really planning on telling anyone. We just, (laughs) yeah, it just kind of happened. We were just building a slip and slide and that was just kind of a side thing but um every one of my friends we loved growing up here we think southeastern idaho is the best so it's cool maybe we might be helping getting a little more attention over in this place because like it deserves it right joel's videos have gotten the attention of mtv as well he and his daredevil friends will be featured on an upcoming season of outrageous the show that features crazy videos from TikTok and YouTube from around the world. And we should hear back from the Guinness Book of World Records on his attempt at being so fast in late January. Spread your legs! Oh, oh man, that looks like it hurts. That does not look like it's fun in any way, shape, or form. When you're on... Outrageous. (laughs) The show Outrageous? Yeah. Have you ever been on a water slide and gone so fast that you almost spill out of the thing? I don't think so. I have. We're, we're, if or you, or you thought you did? No, I'm telling you. Like I've, I've been up over where it's like okay, because like I'll do the the laying down like a bullet man, you know? Yeah. And then you know you you get going, and then you take a turn, and you're like, okay, that was a little aggressive that turn. Time for me to sit up and slow this thing down. We weren't really going to draw attention to any of this, mm-hmm. and, you know, things could have gone wrong. <laughs> we didn't want it getting out, but. I but we we, we, we all love something. we all love this place, and we we thought it should, we should draw some attention to it. We think Southeast Idaho is the best, man. It it's deserves, the best. It deserves it some needs. attention. Well, we'll find out in January whether or not this is something the Guinness Book of World Records wants to get involved with. Five, 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 number five. Darren, there are seventy-nine days left in the year twenty twenty. I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and call this, though, at least the headline of the year, the local headline of the year. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about this. We'll get more details from Jonathan Katz, and we'll we'll talk with him about this. I'm certain. A uh, little little after seven o'clock, the headline is this: Moline man arrested after attempting to use a homemade flamethrower on his neighbors. 
<laughs> well, it's getting to that point, isn't it? You know, I read the headline and that was my reaction. I thought, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess I guess that's where we're at. I guess this is the part in the simulation where they introduce homemade flamethrowers. So, um, not qualified to make a flamethrower, or? Moline man behind bars after police say he was running down an alley with a flamethrower, actively attempting to use it on buildings, cars, and people. Paul Taylor. Well, maybe, was the problem the fact that he was running? You need to maybe, if you have a flamethrower, you need to be a little more stationary uh, no, flame- for anything to take hold. <laughs> Flamethrowers and scissors, don't run with them. That's yeah, what they say. Don't run with either of them. And and certainly, and don't use them after you've, uh, make sure you've uh, given yourself like 30 minutes if you've already eaten. How long do you think this cat has been working on his homemade flamethrower? <laughs> oh, I'm sure that he's he's had issues for a little while. I'm guessing. Paul Taylor is the gentleman's name. He got arrested on Sunday for attempted arson and aggravated assault. A witness told police a neighbor was seen running down their alley with a flamethrower attempting to burn an occupied garage, two parked cars, and one of his neighbors. Well, in his defense, (laughs) in in his defense, it sounds as though it looked like a flamethrower. I mean, maybe he was relatively successful in what he was doing. A search warrant was obtained for this guy's house, and that's where investigators located homemade flamethrowers and fire accelerants. No injuries were reported. He was arrested. Taylor arrested and charged with attempted aggravated arson and aggravated assault, currently being held in the Rock Island County Jail on a $100,000 bond. Everybody says it looked like a (laughs) flamethrower. Listen, Your Honor. No one disputes my craftsmanship. <laughs> uh-huh. Was running and with a flamethrower th- a bad idea? Perhaps. But you cannot quibble with the job I did on this flamethrower, sir. You cannot dispute. And they say they found more than one, huh? Well, yeah, there was there was at least they found the the homemade uh, flamethrower. Happy New Year to you in jail. Yeah, um they found the homemade flamethrower, I guess, when they went to this guy's house. So maybe by the time the cops got there, he wasn't in the alley screaming, flame on. Uh, but yeah, running around again on Sunday, trying to burn down a garage that had people in it. With if his... you were to ask the neighbors and say, eh, did you see this coming? Oh, yes. Oh. That's, only, that's all he ever talked about. <laughs> it was no secret in the neighborhood. I imagine when they get in the house, there's just... Notebook after notebook of just plans for homemade flamethrowers. Just the- and probably <laughs> and probably pictures of neighbors uh, with their faces crossed out <laughs> or but pictures burnt like around the edges, <laughs> just around the edges. Oh, this boy. is what I'm going to do to you. I don't know that we're going to have a better local headline than Moline man arrested after attempting to use a homemade flamethrower on his neighbors. But having said that, it is crunch time in 2020. Your Honor, there was a man who many years ago in Moline needed his field to be plowed. That man did not wait for someone else to uh, invent the steel plow, Your Honor. He made it himself, and that man is John Deere. And it is with that very same gumption that I undertook this project. 
I needed a flamethrower. I could not procure one at any of the local establishments. So, Your Honor, I made it myself, because that's what we do in Moline. We pick ourselves up and we build things. I Your Honor, with the innovative spirit of one John Deere. I feel that the spirit of John Deere was with me when I was running in the alley with that flamethrower. No one disputes that it did the job accurately. Flames were thrown, Your Honor, and I did it myself. So, yes, am I guilty of anything? I guess it's a job well done. No further questions. Well, I don't think you get to make that call. No further questions. <laughs> Your Honor, no further questions. <laughs> no further questions. No questions were asked. Your Honor, no further questions. I, uh, th this is over now. I've also constructed my own lawyer. Well, and it Out sounds of an to aerosol like can and a big lighter. It sounds to me like he wanted to use the flamethrower before the uh, the weather turned on us. Well, you know, you know, it's, uh, take advantage of this good weather. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. That's gonna do it for this installment of Dave and Darren's top five things. Thanks for listening. It was brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Nature's Treatment of Illinois' goal is to fully understand their clients' needs physically, mentally, and emotionally because they know it's not easy to live with a chronic illness. They're experienced wellness consultants. What they'll do is they'll sit down with you and discuss what options are going to work best to make you feel more comfortable. Frequently asked questions are answered at the website. That's ntillinois.com. Till we get a chance to do another one of these podcasts for you, thanks for listening to this one and downloading it and subscribing and leaving reviews and all that you've done for us. Thanks so much. Until we get a chance to do it again, hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, representing. This is for the Quad Cities reference spot. Davenport, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. And that's how she wrote.